On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're going to hand out a grade to Eugenio Suarez and discuss a pretty unhinged trade idea we cooked up on our Patreon show yesterday. Plus, the Mariners made a move this morning. Chills. Let's talk about it. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, October 13th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. On the show today, we'll be handing out a grade to Eugenio Suarez for his 2023 season, and we're going to discuss a pretty wild trade idea that we just want to put out there, have some fun. It's not going to happen, but we think it's kind of interesting. But before we do, Colby, we have kind of news to talk about. Chills, right? chills no per red sox beat reporter chris catillo the mariners have claimed caleb ort off of waivers from boston he is a 31 year old right-handed reliever who uh his season ended abruptly due to an elbow injury went 23 innings pitched this year 939 k's per nine three five two walks per nine six two six era 586 fip he was worth negative 0.2 f4 but it's it's a waiver claim and it's a reliever waiver claim in the very, very, very early stages of the offseason, which, uh, you know, with the Mariners, you, you always got to pay attention to. So, Colby, is there something here? Anything? A guy who's going to get non-tendered or waived in the next three weeks. Like, that's about it. I mean, but you could have said that about Issa McGee, who obviously had a big impact on this team in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. Mm-hmm. You yep. also could have said that about Luke Weaver, which ended up being sure. the case. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, no, there is nothing here. It's a 95, 96 mile an hour fastball and mm-hmm. a slider that generates whiffs, but also, you know, got torched to the tune of an 800 slugging percentage. So Ooh, that is yeah. not very good. Yeah. Fastball slider. He did generate whiffs on the slider, 32% whiff rate on that pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the velo is, is nice, but it's not plus extension. As far as I can tell, it's not, you know, plus ride or run on the, on the heater or anything like that. And the numbers would tend to back that up. It's pretty much a two pitch guy. And, you know, he doesn't throw a ton of strikes. It's not a, a huge weakness of his, but he's just a dude. I mean, he's Ryan Jensen, who is a Mariner, by the way. I don't yep. know if you know that. Uh, and the fact that you didn't know that, you, the listener, uh, tells you everything you need to know about who this guy is. You didn't even know that guy was in the org, and you won't even know this guy is. So uh, he's just a dude. You know, uh, we'll see what the Mariners think they can do with him if they even get the shot. My guess is, is he's amongst those cut or DFA'd uh, when, you know, they have to add all the 40, 40 day IL guys back to the roster. Then they try and sign him to a minor league deal. Can't imagine there's going to be a lot of competition there. But uh, yeah, he's just a dude. Like there's nothing, 
that jumps. It's a fastball. It's a slider. The slider has promise, but hasn't been good period. And he throws kind of hard, but it's not an elite fastball either. So just mm-hmm. middle relief profile. And he's or, 31. Or he could be the next top 15 reliever in all of baseball developed by the Seattle Mariners organization late in his career. Mm-hmm. Name the last person they did that to. Paul Seawald. That's the only one. Top 15. Yeah, it's only Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's only Paul. I was trying to I was trying to think of something else to stump you here, but I, I have nothing. I have no. nothing. This is just uh no. you know, your run of the mill waiver ad. Nothing else to see here really. I mean, like you hope he's Justin Topa, but Topa's yeah. better and yeah. with a better track record than this guy's ever had. He's so. also coming off of an elbow injury. I don't know what the significance of that elbow injury is, but uh yeah, just looking at the profile overall, it doesn't seem that promising would be fairly surprised if he's on the right roster come spring training but this is just the natural roster churn especially you know here on october 13th 2023 so uh if it becomes something more you know we'll we'll keep an eye on it but uh for now it it doesn't really seem like anything will will come of this yeah and it came at the expense of friend of the show brian o'keefe uh, oh, I did not see that. Yes, he is the one who was DFA'd, not you know Ryan Jensen, not Dominic Weird. Leone. Weird. Yeah, so, uh, I assume they plan on offering O'Keefe Keith another minor league deal. Um, but uh, you know Seattle probably can and should look to upgrade that uh, catcher three spot in the in the organization with somebody mm-hmm. with a little more upside. Like perhaps a uh, one Joey Bart, but uh, yeah, I, I imagine O'Keefe will be back on a minor league deal. His name is Luis Torrens Colby. Not at one point three million dollars. Non tender him, give him a smaller contract, or you just land on a smaller number in arbitration. No, Luis Torrens, baby. This is this is coming from the number one Luis Torrens fan, Colby Patnode, who has a mm-hmm. Luis Torrens foul ball. From, from the, the clinching night. game, yeah, mm-hmm. turns into that at bat with a base hit. Yes, it was like a twelve pitch at bat. Mm-hmm. Wow! All Indeed. right, let's move on to our report card. We're going to be talking about a Eugenio Suarez, giving him a grade for his twenty twenty three season in just a moment. But first, a reminder: this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. All right, folks, the MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Pick more or less on stats for your favorite players like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big, my friend. If things didn't go well in your home league this year, no worries. You can still salvage the fantasy baseball season over at Sleeper. There you can pick the players you want and call your shot. And when you use the promo code locked on, that's L O C K D O N, you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So we're going to continue our report card series here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Looking back on the Mariners 2023 season and going through individual players and how their uh, seasons went and now we're landing on a eugenio Suarez. we did second base yesterday we went through josh rojas and colton wong and dylan moore and jose caballero we did ty france and mike ford the other day we did cal raleigh and tom murphy now it's gino's turn gino 
on the year offensively 232 323 391 that's his triple slash line on the year that's batting average on base percentage and slugging percentage in that order 102 wrc plus he was worth 3.2 f4 we'll get to that and why that number was still so high in just a moment 30.8 percent k rate which is actually 0.4 percent down from where it was in 2022 uh, his walk rate did fall about one and a half percent down to 10.1 percent uh, he slugged 22 home runs 96 rbi even had a couple of steals on the year but the uh the defense was really doing the heavy lifting in terms of his uh, his value this year. He was one of the best defensive third basemen in the league. Uh, I think he has a, a real shot to uh, compete for a, a gold glove. I don't know if he'll actually win it, but I, I think he's certainly deserving. He had a great year defensively. But offensively speaking, while the batting average is only four points below what it was in 2022 and the on-base percentage is only nine points below what it was in 2022, the slugging percentage was significantly down about 60 points for Gino this year. Uh, he had some bad luck, but also just wasn't able to provide any sort of consistency in the middle of the Mariners lineup. So, Colby, how do you feel about Gino's 2023 season? To C plus, B minus, maybe like three wins is three wins. I, that That's a good number. And obviously, you know, the RBI is totally fine. And the average and the on base percentage are about in line with kind of what you'd expect. But that slugging percentage is a massive problem. Uh, and it's kind of the reason that you traded for Gino is to, you know, hit home runs and, and to post 450 slugging and, and, you know, do all that stuff. So uh, it's nice that in a year where he didn't really slug, that he still found a way to help you, but it's not what you pay him for. It's not the role that he needs to fill on this team. So, um, you know, it, it's, a little bit of that is combined with Ty France giving you nothing in the power department that really makes that sting even more. But at the end of the day, Gino, you know, I, I think C plus B minus uh, based on what he was last year and what he was this year. I would have much preferred last year's Gino to this year's, even with the defense being uh, significantly better this year. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's not a failure of a season. It, it, it wasn't really a good one. It was just kind of, it, it was solid. It was solid, you know. B minus work and and I think that's pretty much what it would be is C plus or B minus somewhere in that range. Yeah, I'll go I'll go C plus. Your third baseman has to post a, a slugging percentage above 400. Like has to. Like 391 isn't going to cut it unless you're making up for it at a position that doesn't usually produce that kind of power. <clears throat> right, you just but. you just kind of flip the second base and third base production. So a second baseman producing like a third baseman makes yeah. a third baseman producing like a second baseman. Yeah. Uh, easy. So like, well, well, we don't, you know, well, we don't particularly subscribe to the idea of like, you have to fit this model to be this position. Uh, yeah. You do have to, you know, make up for that. If most of the league yeah. has a third baseman who's hitting 30 home runs and yours is only hitting 15, you have to make up for that somewhere else. So yeah. the overall, uh, the, the lineup just has to work. You have to have guys who get on base, guys who hit for power. It doesn't really matter what position they play. It's just traditionally speaking, it's a lot easier to find guys who play in the corners yeah. who hit for power than it is to find guys who play up the middle that hit for power. So that's why traditionally you want your first baseman, third baseman to hit a lot of home runs and doubles. And with Gino, he plays on the WBC. Ryan Davis says that he heard that he showed up a little heavy to to camp and then ends up playing 162 games uh starting 161 of them 
Uh, and I, you know, I think we we've said this over the last couple of shows that, you know, it's, it's probably a, a byproduct of Scott service, not having enough depth on that roster and just going, well, Gino gives me the best shot to win. So I kind of just have to play Gino, but at the end of the day, I think it negatively impacted Gino's season. I think that's pretty obvious. It looked like he was gassed at times, visibly. Um, and I'm not bl- I'm not necessarily blaming Gino for that. And even if he did, you know, show up to camp a little bit heavy, I'm not really blaming his conditioning on that either. I mean, most like pretty much every player in Major League Baseball should get get at least a couple of days off over the course of a 162 game season. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think there's really any point for a, you know, a player to play more than 150 games in a season, yeah. which is essentially a day off every 10 to 14 days. Yeah. Like that just, that's just smart, you know, yeah. and, and it's not, they just didn't even find a lot of DH days for him either. And it just, yeah. it, I, it just looked like a guy who was out of gas. That's a lot of, you know, because the WBC is high leverage baseball. Like, so yeah. that is a ton of like, impactful serious baseball that is being played and and you know gino is not 24 years old anymore and even if he was it's still too much so yeah uh, and and if you get into the playoffs you're asking him to play another you know two to 16 games you know and he like you said he didn't get really any dh days he he dh three times this year three times he played third base 159 times this year like unacceptable it's unacceptable no matter what your depth situation is they needed to get him more time off of his feet whether he wanted that or not either like you know it's great that he wanted to do this and you know it's a cool accomplishment you know in a vacuum but overall i I think it hurt gino and by virtue hurt the team at the end of the day so um yeah so you know if gino's back next year hopefully he's playing like 130 ish times in the field uh, at most uh, and then getting DH days and getting some days off of his feet entirely uh, sprinkled in there. So let's talk about a trade idea that you and I kind of cooked up out of nowhere on our Patreon show yesterday, which um, may or may not involve the man that we just talked about. going to go over that in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Mares podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is back, folks, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, to create your new account. And you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a win, predict what will happen in the next that bat with quick bets so head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now step up to the plate this postseason with 200 in bonus bets guaranteed make every moment more with fanduel official sports betting partner of major league baseball and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen so listen folks it's october 13th the mariners didn't make the playoffs there's really nothing that they can do outside of adding guys like caleb ort until you know five days after the world series which is going to be sometime in the second week of november late in the first week of november so we've been throwing out trade ideas we love roster building you know you know us and you know what we like to do here for the most part we love the off season and 
Colby's been throwing out some trade ideas on on the Twitter account, having you guys vote on the polls. And uh, we spent um, a decent amount of time on our Patreon show yesterday, patreon.com forward slash control the zone. Uh, just kind of throwing out some trade ideas or throwing out some names that we think could be possible, trying to think outside the box, et cetera. And so when we were thinking outside the box, we did come up with one idea. And look, this is... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on real fast. You, you came up with the trade. I came up. I came up with like, oh, this is kind of an interesting idea, you, and then you, you're like, oh, well, this trade could make that happen. Right. Okay. So all right. You came up with the trade. Name. You came up with the name. All right. It's but, like my target idea, like sure. surprise target. Sure. Sure. All right. So all right. If you hate the trade, it's Ty's fault. Right. If like, you like the the player that I'm talking about, like that's all me. So. It's it's all right. So let's preface this by saying, like, this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But let's Probably just not. let's just throw it out there. Let's let you guys just kind of think it over mull it over mm-hmm. so the mariners need a corner outfielder to replace teoscar and it doesn't seem like teo's coming back so the mariners are going to need to go out and get a corner outfielder the blue jays are most likely going to bid farewell to matt chapman who's uh, becoming a free agent this offseason so they might need a third baseman now they do have santiago espinal and kevin biggio who could ban that position but yep, yep, they yep. probably they probably should not do that they probably should add Only someone else smart. yeah so colby yesterday on the patreon show mentioned george springer and i was like well george springer is making money who on the mariners is making money where you could like kind of contract swap it but also address a couple of needs on both teams eugenio suarez is making a little bit of money eugenio suarez is due 11 million dollars this year or 2024 he has a what a fifteen million dollar club option in twenty twenty five. George Springer has three years left on his deal. He's making about twenty four million per. What if they essentially swap those contracts? It's not a and... perfect contract swap, but and there's probably other pieces that would have to be involved here. But just on the surface, probably. on the surface, on the surface, Colby, what do you think about? George Springer and the Mariners and then Eugenio Suarez going to Toronto. And we'll talk about like what you would have to do after that and all that in a second, but just in a vacuum, what do you think about that deal? Well, I really like the uh, George Springer idea because, you know, that seems like a unique name that nobody's brought up before. And like, we know that the blue Jays don't have endless amounts of money and we know that they're working very hard to sign Bo and, and Vlad to their extensions and, uh, they have pitching issues and they have, you know, issues at third base. They're losing quite a few key contributors off of this team this year. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of holes to fill. Yep. Um, so I feel like maybe George Springer and his inflated salary is something that they would consider moving. So uh, Springer, you know, he played in 150 some odd games this year, but he really battled through some nagging injuries throughout the year. Uh, still posted, you know, 2020 season, the, Numbers themselves were fine, but just a 2.2 win player, uh, center field, just like it's not, it, it's time. He's 34 years old. Um, so I think his fit in left field or right field in Seattle is actually pretty good. You know, he's got right-handed power. We know that it plays at T-Mobile Park. We already know that. Um, he is played in a ton of playoff baseball. Uh, he's, you know, produced along the way. He was really good player last year. Um, he was really good the year before that. So this is kind of the first year. Yes, the age is a concern. He's 34. So typically bat speed, you know, foot speed, you lose a little bit of that. Um, 
But again, we're talking about a guy who, you know, most years is a 125 WRC plus, uh, pretty good leadership uh, skills and clubhouse guy from what we know. Plenty of playoff uh, experience. Uh, I I think Springer is kind of a fun little like, hey, you know, is that a guy nobody's talking about who could be available via trade? Uh Yeah, I think it could be. And and I think that, um, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if Gino is the right guy to make that trade. You might not need to trade any uh, big leaguers. Uh, But, uh, you know, I I do think that third base is a position that the Blue Jays need to go out and address. And it's not a good market whatsoever. Like Chapman is literally the only everyday third baseman on the market. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they could just sign Chapman, but then they're probably saying goodbye to Belt and Merrifield. And and maybe depending on how long the contract is, maybe they're saying goodbye to... uh, you know, maybe they're saying goodbye to Vlad or, or Bo or, or somebody like that or, or you know, a Gossman or or whoever, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that it's, like, interesting. And, you know, this is kind of the show that, that kind of gave birth to the whole idea of, like, hey, a reliever for Teoscar Hernandez. So, um, who came up with that idea? Uh, we both did. You were specific on Swanson, though. No, I didn't but, say Swanson. I said Chris Fleckman. Oh I'll yeah, own yeah, up yeah. to that. that that's I'll own right. up to that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, said it was, you were it way was, off. It was Flex. I think it was Flexen and Murphy for Teo. Yeah, you were way off. Um, but whatever. whatever. Anyways, uh, Penn Murphy, by the way, not Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know, Toronto and Seattle, they will trade with each other, even though there's a bit of a rivalry. Like they, they'll trade with each other, and and uh, so I like the idea of George. The problem I have with trading. Uh, Gino is what I just talked about. Like there yeah. are no good third basemen. Where this deal is probably dead on arrival is that it's just easier to go get corner outfield help than it is yep. third base, especially this year. Even in this market, like there's going to be corner outfielders out there that you can go get. Um, whereas at third base, I mean, I think at that point, if they did trade Gino, you and I are getting on the show and pounding the table for Jameer Candelario. Candelario doesn't seem like a third baseman anymore. But what's the other option? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. There, there isn't one. You have to go trade for another third baseman, or you have to sign Matt Chapman. And frankly, I'd rather just keep Gino and sign Lourdes Gurriel than trade Gino, sign Chapman, and acquire you know Springer. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah, but uh, no, I actually I like the Springer idea. I, I do. Um, Yeah. You know, just a matter of does it work with money and probably not as a prospects only. That doesn't really make a lot of sense for Toronto. It's just tough to find a, a deal there. Yeah, that makes Tra- a lot of sense. And trying to wrap my head around it, I feel like the only deal that the, that Toronto would be open to is if they were getting Gino back. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, do the Mariners want to see if they could pry Michael Garcia away from the Royals or something like that, or or do they want to see if they can get Kevin Biggio in this deal or? They do have Josh Rojas, who is better at third than he is at second. But now you have to go find a second baseman, which. But is and again, to, going back to our conversation earlier, if you if you are able to make up for it at second base, if you're able to make up for like what Josh Rojas lacks and maybe power output, I mean, he can hit for a little bit of power. But if you can make up for that at second base or another position, then yeah, you can make that work in theory. But you know who a second baseman who hits for power is, Ty? Who? Colby. Jazz Chisholm. Boom. Uh, Figured it to, out. 
go to twitter <laughs> go go check out the poll that colby posted today yeah uh, um yeah. by the way just you guys will notice that ty and i have not one once mentioned that george uh is a former astro who was on that cheating team and that is because I did, we I did do not care i did put it on here a former yeah, foe barely. turned friend yeah but i do not care yeah. uh, i just don't i want to win and honestly to to be you know fully transparent i've been a huge fan of george springer like the person for a long time and yeah. the ball player so yeah yeah a little bit of this is like oh i've always wanted that guy on my team and now i might have a shot to get him cool so but i also think he's still a quality baseball player and is he worth 25 million dollars a year no but that's probably why he's available or why he might be available and, and for the first him, year if you did trade Gino, if you're looking at just like the salary swaps of like 11 million yeah, bucks george springer essentially becomes like a 14 million dollar player for you or a 13 million dollar player for you for right. the first year right and so plus you know maybe toronto eats some money i i don't know i i think it's an interesting idea and again we're october 13th we have at least a month before like any like real trade talk can start yeah although i i i did hear that the mariners are already pretty deep in some trade talks with uh a handful of teams and and that's mm. to be expected so uh, hopefully that's a sign that the Mariners are going to come out of the gate swinging because I think they need to, you know, be aggressive early. You got to set the tone. Yeah, yeah. you got to set the tone. Yeah, so I, I hope that's what we see. And, and you, you know, you remember, I, I think it was, was Jerry's first year here. It was only a couple days into the off season that he swung, uh, the, uh, Brad Miller for Logan Morrison trade. Um, so it's Brad not like Miller for Logan Morrison. No, it was Brad Miller and Logan Morrison and Danny Farquhar. Yeah. To yeah, the, yeah. To the race. To Tampa. Four. Four. Give me a second. Give me a second. I know all three off the top of the bat. Is this one of the deals that Ref Snyder was involved in, or uh, Riff, not, not, Riff, Riff yeah. Hauser or whatever? Yeah, CJ Riefenhauser. That's so funny that that's the first guy that you named. Well, just because they acquired him twice. I don't know if I you just, saw. I don't know if you saw Jerry on Cespedes uh, Barbecue like a couple years ago. They asked him about that trade if he could remember that trade, and CJ Riefenhauser was the one guy he could not name. <laughs> so um, it's really funny that you remembered CJ. Sure, sure, of course I did. <laughs> that wasn't. No, Malik Smith was a different trade with her. There were so uh, many trades. That was like, that was like a year later, two years later. Yeah, there are so many trades early with the Rays. That it, is Boog Powell in that deal? Actually, that was like four years later. Uh, Boog Powell was, yeah, in that trade, yes. And so there was one There's one more. other guy. Is it Taylor Motter? What? Nope. Nope. He said there were a lot of early trades between those two teams. Uh, this is, this is going to give it away, but uh, he was traded for Gerard Dyson later on. Oh, Nate Carnes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was Nate Carnes, Boog Powell, CJ Riefenhauer. I thought that was a completely separate deal. That's like, nope. I was like, I know they traded for Carnes pretty early on, but I think that was in like 2017. But, yep. yep. Yeah. There you yep. go. That's been so, Mariners been trade trivia with Colby and Ty. Quick tie. What was uh, the trade that happened the night before Thanksgiving? That was Gene Segura and Mitch Hanniger. For? For Catal Marte and Taiwan Walker. You're missing a piece. Am I? Yes, you are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zach Curtis. Mm-hmm. And? Was there someone else in that deal? Yeah. A certain left-handed pitcher. Huh? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. What? 
Left-handed uh, pitcher from from no, going from the Mariners no, to, to the Diamondbacks. I'm I'm messing with you, man. Oh, you're messing with me. Oh, okay. No, uh, that was not the other deal where Reffenhauser or whatever. Riefenhauser. Riefenhauser. Yeah. Oh, were you trying to were you trying to hint that it was CJ Riefenhauser was on that deal? Yeah. I was trying to oh. get you to bite on that. Didn't land. No, clearly <laughs> not. That was in 2017. 2016, right? 2016. Thanksgiving 2016. Yeah. That was, the, yeah. That was so it was right after the the Boog Pal Nate Carnes trade. Yep. All right. We're doing that thing where we're naming some guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a that's but a that's, that's a CTZ that's the thing. Fun thing. That's a, that's a CTZ By the way, thing. Uh-huh. Riffenhauser was traded uh, to Baltimore. It, yes, originally. Yeah. For he didn't go alone. I could not tell you who he went with. Uh, you could probably tell me who came back because it was. It, uh, oh, it was the Clevenger deal? Yeah. So, oh, so it was Trumbo and and Riffenhauser yep. for yep. for Clevenger. Clevenger. Okay. I I kind of had a feeling that it was that it was the that deal but i wasn't entirely sure yeah that makes sense yeah because that was the same off season that was like a month later or something that they did that that was like right after they signed kuma back and then they had to dump payroll uh that trade was in december of 2015 so yeah so it was right after they got kuma it was less than a month after they acquired him yeah 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 i think i think it was they signed kuma which was a surprise because like he he was that he was agreed at with the la that was at the christmas party yeah and i think like a couple days later they traded trumbo for payroll purposes right i think yeah those flipped but yeah really all right i'm whatever. pretty sure but whatever no matter Bye. all right well that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for joining us here on the locked on Mariners podcast colby patnode i'm Titan gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners Follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you next week. Peace.